Hello everyone and welcome to Everyday Eternal number 83. Tonight I'm joined by our regular host, Julian Nubb. Say hello. 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 And we are, have a very special guest all the way from Belgium. We have Sam Dams. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing great, Caleb. Thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure, pleasure. We've had the people asking for you like everywhere in our, in our uh, Discord, on Twitter, saying we want to hear about Infect. We want to hear from Sam. So yeah, it's really good to have you on. Okay, great. It's it's an honor to be here, really, because I've been uh, listening to you guys for so long, and now to actually make it to this show is uh, yeah, kind of like a, a dream come true, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I never Excellent. imagined I would ever make it this far, so it's pretty amazing, really. Pretty. And excited. then you find out our pre-show chat chat was just talking about drinks and beer and stuff. So That's you true. know, we're just idiots as well. <laughs> Did you guys actually threaten to co to cancel the entire show tonight and just like have a big talk about whiskey and, yeah, and everything? It's still an option. I'm just I'm just saying it's still an option. <laughs> if uh, maybe we can get some like some really quick questions on Twitter about which whiskeys we like and what everything going on. But yeah. Anyway, back on to actual talk about things important. Julian, have you been up to anything interesting recently this past week or two? Yeah, yeah, I've been playing a lot of elves against. I finally got my my hands on some Arosaurus Shepherds, and I knew the card was going to be good, but the card is actually even better. When I, when I said I was going to play three in the main deck, uh, just to find out how good they're going to be, and then I, I expected to go back to two, but now I'm actually looking at the fourth copy, just because the card is, is it's absolutely insane. So Wow. Because <sighs> I've seen some elves just at the beginning started with two or three, and then they went to like one as a good like Greenson's end of the target, but you think it's just like a straight up four of it. In the in the standard version, definitely. In in the mm -hmm. the reclaimer version, um, Newton makes a good point that it's more focused on grinding and like doing random hits here and there, so it's like less dependent on glimpse and natural orders. But in this one, there there are many scenarios where you just you drop the the shepherd on turn three, they're tapped out for I don't know a ponder into a treasure arcanist or something, and then you literally just win unless they have submerged. Which I guess we we, we can talk about this in in either yeah. later part of the episode, but probably more like a future episode. But yeah, this is this is one of the things I've been doing. The other one, I finally played Doomsday. I played um, a league with Doomsday, uh, with Martin Nielsen, Never Shoot, and that's on my on my Patreon right now. But it's actually um, gonna be released to to YouTube, I think, in, in the next coming days. So as soon as this podcast is out, it should already be on my YouTube. And wow, Doomsday, great deck, amazing deck. I, I think I actually I learned a lot also about the weaknesses of Doomsday. For example, um, Martin taught me how like Back to Basics is one of the most fear cards for them because they sometimes don't actually get to double blue post Doomsday if they get to Back to Basics, and that was something that I didn't really have on my on my radar. And like, wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what the, I've the been ways doing. the ways to interact with it are very weird. Yeah, like I I when I when I very first like tried it after Thassa's Oracle came out and stuff. I tried out a few times and I did some silly things like played out a Lotus Petal and then they abrupt decayed it. And like, that's the kind of little weaknesses that, or they like force a will a Lotus Petal or something. So you can't cavern it. Like it's, it has really weird play patterns, which is pretty cool. So yeah, I'm excited to watch the VOD of that because I wasn't able to tune in. Sounds good. Oh yeah, you, you should, you should. We, <laughs> I think we, we actually tried to find the solution to one particular um, pile for 10 minutes. To the point where Magic Online was actually threatening to like kick us off and stuff. And then we discussed that afterwards in the Doomsday Discord. And that was actually a really long discussion. And then finally somebody found an entirely different different line than from what we proposed. So we proposed like different combo lines that played around different stuff. And then somebody else came along and they were like, you know what? We are actually going to build a pile with like force of and stuff. And we are actually going to force of whatever you're going to try to play around. And then just win like two turns later. And that was like mind blowing, and I guess that's Doomsday for you. It's still like quite complicated. Yeah, <laughs> it's sweet. 
Kenan, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? I've been wondering what to play, kind of. Like, uh, I don't know. I still feel slightly lost in Legacy. I've been... I had a lot of fun with Shark Steel decks. And I think if I was like... If GPs were still going on and like there was one soon, I'd probably be trying stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I'm at that point in game where nothing is really clicking with me. So um, there is a blue-black like storm deck, which Jax, who uh, everyone will know, he likes to kill people on turn one on Magic Online, terrorizing the leagues. He came up with a Peer into the Abyss deck, which is like it's a seven mana sorcery with triple black in the cost. And target player loses half their life and they draw half their deck. So this card is insanely powerful. So he's been playing it in like a kind of typical um, blue-black list with Tendrils of Agony and stuff. So I wanted to try and work out a way to make it even more like just you just cast this and win. And Bolas of Citadel is kind of a similar card. So I was trying this in a deck with like Soul Lands and Grim Monolith and of course both Dark and Cabal Ritual and stuff. So I streamed that this, this past week, I think it was. Maybe it was the week before. So um, that's pretty cool. I saw Andrea Mangucci picked it up and he's doing a legacy video with it. So <laughs> check that out. The deck is um, completely ridiculous. Like it's You can win on turn one or it can look like such a terrible pile. <laughs> you just don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing and thinking about Peer into the Abyss. So maybe we can uh, make the deck work eventually. And um, yeah, but it's not, it's not there yet, I think. What about you, Sam? Anything the, interesting in the last couple of weeks? Um, well, actually, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun coming up with some weird builds that will never work, but uh, I, I enjoy trying stuff out that usually never works, but sometimes, from time to time, something actually sticks. And I've been trying a combination of uh, <laughs> Miracles and Infect, uh, which made no sense at all, but I was happy to try it. It was pretty funny. I played, uh, so I, I still played, I think, four or five Infect creatures, and I had uh, Flux Channeler in there, and then just a bunch of Planeswalkers. Do you guys know Flux Channeler? Flux Channeler? Is yeah. that the like three mana two two when yeah. you cast a non creature spell, you proliferate? Exactly. So yeah. the idea was to just <laughs> smash in for like one infect, that's it, and then control the game with basically just a control shell. That's pretty and cool. Yeah, it's cool. It didn't work at all. I mean, <laughs> but it was it was if fun. You, if, if you don't try these like ridiculous ideas, you don't find the golden nuggets hitting, yeah, like hiding in exactly, the crack. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I actually played at a certain point. I didn't even play miracles. I was playing four color control. Uh, That's cool. A shell where, where I played. What was the name of the creature again? It's like a commander creature that says proliferate at the end of the turn. Attractor. Oh, um, Attractor. That's the one. Like yeah. Praetor or something. Yeah. Which was hilarious. Uh, and I guess that's just like beats up on Delver as well because it's like a yeah. four mana flying vigilance lifelink. Lots yeah, of exactly. keywords. Uh, thing is, I didn't win ever <laughs> using the proliferate, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I figured I was I was basically just playing a bad control deck, mm -hmm. but it was fun. Which uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to lately. And of course, you know, cool. just grinding the infect as usual. Yeah, but nice. I always like to, I like to have fun, so I, I do stupid things from time to time. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm so on board with that. There. Love it. Was there a revenge of the hunted in the deck? When you mentioned miracles, I thought that 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 might be there. That's the green no, miracle spell. No, actually, no, because I didn't have. I literally have zero pump spells in the deck. So I think the oh, the, okay. the better miracle yeah. spell, though, Julian, is blessing of nature, right? Blessing of nature. Yeah, yeah that, uh, it's all possibilities. But I wanted to try. Can I actually make infect work without a single pump spell? Mm -hmm. And the answer is no. So <laughs> maybe this is something we we'll get into later in the podcast. But like that is kind of how infect versus control 
did play out at least i'm not sure about now like against old miracles you would just hit for one hit for one and your vines of vast woods are never pump spells right no that's so. and vines is actually it, i think it's one of the cards i most love about in fact because it's the way it's worded it is is so good because it's not actually hexproof. It's it's even better where you can even stop your opponents from equipping like a, a GTA. Yeah. Uh, which is so silly. They never intended that card to work that way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Vines is like it, it's perfect because it, it it's actually just a protection spell. But sometimes you just win the game with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a cool one. Like the GTA interaction actually comes up a lot, right? You, it used to when GTA was played more, I guess. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, exactly. Julian, have you ever had an elf untap vines before? Does that an work? Elf untap vines? Has, um, has anyone vines as like a wildwood symbiote untap? Oh, a creature to stop it, to stop it. No, um, I yeah. think that has never happened. I, I might have right. lost creatures in combat to Berserk, though. To like Berserk mm-hmm. on my creature and then it dies at the end of combat or something. I think something like that has happened. But I think I've no, nobody ever stopped my vines. Maybe they. Can you stop like Mother of Runes activation with vines? I think you. Yeah, you just, can. I've oh, done okay, that quite a lot of times, but I've never actually stopped at, uh, an elf from untapping. I think the Mother of Runes things has happened to me when I played Maverick, but with elves, not so much. You know, one, of, one, of, one of the coolest interactions I've ever done with Vines is when the Companions were still legal and you had, um, what's the name of the 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 Companion which wins the Zerda? game immediately? The untapping yeah, one? No, yeah. not the Zerda. That's that's like the fox, right? Oh, I mean, oh. the, the the one that goes all in. Oh, Garuda. Uh, Garuda. Yeah. If you Vines Garuda, it fizzles. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. So that was one of I think one of the most funny things I ever did. <laughs> he just plays Garuda and I finds it, and yeah, okay. I would never have thought of that. Awesome. <laughs> that's, that's kind of crazy. I'm really looking forward to more of those stories for the rest of the cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can do you can do some silly things with Vines of Vastwood. It's hilarious. Maybe I should make. I had considered once making a list of stupid things I've done with Vines of Vastwood. But uh, <laughs> I haven't gotten that far. But uh. awesome. Before we get into, into the meat of the episode, let me introduce you by saying, Caleb already mentioned it, that you are one of the most requested guests in our Patreon ever. Really? And yeah, that being said, <laughs> how do you get access to our Patreon, to our Discord? You can support us on patreon.com slash channel. Just for example, like Eugene Freeman, who just joined on our top Grizzlebrand here. Thank you so much for that. And that way you can you can have an actual say like in which kind of guests we, we might approach, whom we might invite. And to tonight it's really gonna be you because like I said, I had no idea how famous and popular you were, probably not only in Belgium, but especially there. Like we had I think we've got a couple of Belgians in, in our chat, or at least a lot of people who know you. And I gotta admit I knew you like as the infect streamer, but I didn't really know too much else about you. But people kept bringing you up so many times and we actually like we wanted to have you on the cast early in the year and then like COVID happened and like I think we didn't produce a podcast for a month and then yeah, so here back we are. Sam, tell us something about you. Who are you? What do you do for a living? Uh, what's your background as a magic player? Tell us. Well, first of all, uh, that's quite amazing. I actually didn't know that myself, that I was that popular, apparently. Uh, the thing is, maybe what I think is that there aren't all that many people that play Infect anymore. Um, and I think it's one of those decks that it, it has a legacy, um, but it, it's, it seems to be fading. And I think maybe that's why people would like to hear from the deck. Um, that's that's what I think. It's just, yeah. I don't know if that's true, but that's maybe what I'm considering could be the reason why it was requested um and about me well um i've been playing legacy for quite a lot uh, of years now i started i think in 2015 um 
really, <laughs> in a very, very stupid way, I was playing Commander at the time with a bunch of friends. And oh, uh, I stupid. had no interest at <laughs> all in ever competing uh, in, in tournaments. N yeah, literally no interest. I, it was just a fun game for me. It still is. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But it was just purely based on uh, having fun with my friends. And then it was at a party and uh, I had a friend of me who said, oh, you play Magic? And I said, yeah, sure, for fun. And he says, maybe you should go and compete with us. And I, and I literally said, no. That's not for me. I, I don't think I would enjoy this. But he kept pushing me, pushing me, and I, and I said, you know what? Okay, sure. I'll join you for one tournament. And it was just a Friday Night Magic, and I borrowed the Goblins deck from him. And uh, <laughs> I actually ended up winning that Friday Night Magic. And uh, yeah, from then on, I hadn't, <laughs> I haven't stopped playing anymore because, uh, well, well, if you if you play a tournament and you you win immediately, then you kind of get uh, the hang of it. Uh, I didn't win, like for. Um, one or two years after that one, so it was pretty pretty much a, a good luck from the start. Uh, <laughs> but still, it's it's funny to start that way. What else do I do? Is I'm a teacher actually. I am a teacher of biology. Um, in I don't know what it's called in in English, but I teach from I think uh, 14 to 18. So how do mm -hmm. we how do we say this in English? I don't I don't know. But that's Is it the like high school. Group. I think so. It's high school probably. Yeah. So you're just um, studying the ways of infecting people in real life. Exactly. As well. I see. Exactly. I, see. I just, I, my entire life is in the same direction, you know. So keeping it <laughs> biology related. <laughs> they call him the super spreader. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's actually funny. The, the first deck I actually um, got together by myself is elves. That's what I started out with. Uh, oh, that's a very peculiar deck to play in Legacy. Tell me yeah, more about it. Exactly. Because when I started playing, I hated blue. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. I just I hated blue blue cards and I was like, uh, countering stuff is so lame, you know. I came from Commander, so <laughs> that doesn't happen over there. So I was like, why do you counter stuff? It's so boring. I hate it. So I decided let's just bullshit. play elves. <laughs> but then it was like when I started it was in 2015. I think it was around the time when um, Dick through time. Dick through time exactly. <laughs> yeah, you remember. Uh, yes. And it was so horrible. It was a horrible time to play elves. At least in my experience, maybe that's wrong. But it and was. I was like, no, no, I, I'm not going to play this deck anymore. And then I started looking for other decks. Um, but uh, I, I guess uh, if I if I talk more, we're going to the history of the deck, and that's for later, I guess. Um, so about me, I'm a teacher. Uh, I have I um, give biology, and I also studied biology in, in university. So uh, that's a bit about me. And I'm I have two main also, hobbies. You're, you're basically is, saying you're not a fraud. You actually know something about biology. Not only a teacher, but you actually you actually went to Yeah, I actually am a biologist, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I actually know what I'm talking about. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, and uh, yeah, my main hobby is magic and music. I'm a big musician uh, myself. I'm a huge music fan. I play a bunch of instruments too. But uh, yeah, now that Corona hit, um, kind of, yeah. You can't play music anymore. It's, it stops all, it completely. All, yeah, it, it was, and I'm so lucky to be able to play my other hobby online, and uh, yeah, still do do that hobby because if, I think if you're a mu musician right now, yeah, I know a lot of my friends actually they make their money off of this, and I can tell you one thing, they are not in uh, a good position. So no, I, I'm in a similar boat. I play in a band, yeah. and we've got like an album written since a year ago this week, and our label is American, so they're like all the pressing plants are shut down we would be touring now we um yeah yeah it feels bad right i work for like a music company as well and yeah it's it's tougher but yeah it really is but as you say we're very lucky to have magic to like just chat about 
that's nonsense all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah. Maybe to cheer you up, Sam, our Discord was also talking about your music and that that you do that. So th- yeah, I have no idea how popular you are. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was actually me quite neither. Me, <laughs> this is funny because <laughs> I I didn't realize this either. Uh, I'm just a guy playing a legacy deck, you know that. <laughs> so I never figured th- that you could be popular because of this. Uh, maybe it's because I started streaming recently, but uh, I have only. St- been streaming now for i think three or four months um so that's a solid amount and i think i've watched your stream a few times and you have you're very like interactive with people you're always in a good mood you play the deck well as well this is what people look for in a streamer so yes well um, i I, I do make stupid mistakes on stream uh, (laughs) because i talk with my audience uh, all the time and it's actually quite funny because um Sometimes I, I if think I, would... I love watching streamers when they make mistakes, though, like because when they make, make a mistake and notice it and point it out, <laughs> you learn so much more. Like you see, okay, this is something I shouldn't be doing. Like it's oh, great yeah, if someone true. plays perfectly as well. That's but true. if someone makes a mistake and then doesn't realize it or like complains about getting unlucky, that kind of puts you off. But I think yeah, noticing mistakes true. is a very good way to stream as well. So what I love about streaming is when I stream, I just have fun. I really don't care if I win or lose. Uh, I just want people to come to my uh, to my stream and then chat with me. That's that's why I stream. And uh, what I what I try to do is um, tell my audience why I'm making decisions because I think this is one of the things that if you're watching a legacy streamer, because we are so into the game, for us it's natural. Oh, we we brainstorm and put cards back. We shuffle. We do this. We do this. But if you have newer players, they have no idea why you are doing certain things. So I try to explain everything I do and I think that's why um, the stream is uh, running well is, 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 um, is going pretty well because I've found that a lot of newer players find their way to my stream because I think that's something that they enjoy um, but it's all I don't know yeah. I don't know I still don't know no. why uh, why the popularity I think, I think I have a theory that exactly what you're explaining is why people like you I think that's my deep analysis theory it's, it, that's what people want when they go to a stream they want someone concisely explaining what you do and why you're doing it not just like autopiloting and and as you say doing it for fun so yeah exactly great. i guess it's yeah. the teacher in me just explaining it as, <laughs> as i'm true. going yeah. along yeah but you're also making it entertaining like i was watching a little bit of your stream and not only is like your production quality really good uh you're also oh, you get a good flow going it's it's not like there's a minute of silence and then you're just like making grunting noises and then once again you're explaining something it's it's like there's a real flow and it's continuous and that's catchy that's addicting that's also like that's also what you put on when you just have a streamer running a little bit in the background on your second monitor or something and mm-hmm. you still enjoy it and that's something i think that people really appreciate in streamers wait okay, grunting great. noises wow. doesn't work <laughs> i gotta i gotta change my rep <laughs> 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 Uh, but you know that that's these like I have my theory about like streamer types, and one of those streamer types is like the person who's always angry, loud, annoying, and that's just like their brand, Hooklet, <coughs> and that's just like not for me. Uh, but I I do have to maybe not appreciate, but definitely concede that that works, and that can also make you like really successful as a streamer. It's just that's not what I'm looking for, but. I'm not saying that that's bad. It's just like something else. No, I think the most important thing is just be you. If if you're faking it, then people will notice and you won't be able to maintain this. Just be yourself and don't try to be someone else that you're not. I think that's the most important thing when when you're streaming. Authenticity, I guess, is what yeah, the key word. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But thanks for the compliments. Uh, yeah. It's, I guess I'll continue streaming. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's. Oh, we're actually going to put the link to your to your stream in the show notes, but we're also oh, going to mention it by the end of the podcast. So Great. if you want to see the show notes, it's studio.com. And like I said, people wanted you on for your biology and 
infect knowledge. Uh, but before we get into infect, because the deck, I want to say it hasn't been around since the very beginning of the format. I guess we didn't have inf infect creatures back then, uh, or these playable ones. So you, you mentioned you only got into the format in 2015. Can you tell us something about the history of the deck before that? Because I feel like the heyday of infect was around 2014, right? When when Tom Ross in his leather jacket was bossing around people with mm -hmm. infect. The boss, yeah. Yeah. Sure, um, yeah. The first appearance I ever found about the Infect deck was, I think, in 2011. That's the first instance I found where I had a combination of Invigorate and Berserk in there, but it was like maybe one deck and that's it. I think, exactly as you said, Tom Ross is the person, uh, when you think of Infect, he's the one that you think about. And from 2014 to 16, he has made so much progress with the deck, he made so many good results. And he was also the person that I watched when I started playing the deck. As I said, I started in 2015, kind of like in, in the, the peak moment of the deck. And when Elves was just no longer my thing, I started thinking about, okay, I'm going to look for a different deck. What do I want to play? And I started looking online for videos, and then I saw Tom Ross play the deck, and I was like, man, that looks sweet. It's so amazing. Yeah, sure, it plays blue, but I'll give it a chance anyway. Because it's still... I wanted I wanted a deck that has, had had green in it. And back in that day, green was not a good color. So you didn't <laughs> have that many decks that played green. So yeah, and I ended up with Infect. Um, and the funny thing is, Tom Ross, his last... Very good result was in February 2016, and my first top eight with Infect was in, uh, I think, in March or May the same year, so 2016. So I started playing in 2015, and my first top eight was, I think, a year later. So just to show you how long it took me to actually get a small uh, comprehension of the deck. And it wasn't a big tournament or anything. But after Tom Ross left, I think he, he started working for Wizards in 2017, and uh, he had been off. Yeah, he didn't play any tournaments anymore because I think if you work for Wizards, you can't actually play tournaments. Not sure about that. Can do now. They they eased that yeah. a little bit. Um, but you okay. can't play like I think you can't play cheapies, but you can play like at FNMs and stuff. But oh, okay. it used to be that you couldn't play at all. Uh, maybe it was just a personal decision. I'm not sure. Anyway, I know that at 2017 he stopped playing. But there were a lot of other players back in that uh, period that did well with the deck. Um, so like we have Zachary Koch. Um, who had multiple good oh, yeah. finishes on From the SCG tour. Sorry? From Alabama, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. And even in um, probably one of the the biggest moments is uh, Clay Spickelmeyer. He actually won the GP in 2016 with Infect. Uh, I remember seeing it. It was the finals against Miracles. Um, against don't remember. Joe yeah, exactly. And that was so awesome. So it was really the height of the deck. Um, and then Tom Ross left, and there was one card that was printed called Fatal Push, and that kind of, <laughs> that was where the decline started. <laughs> heard of that one. <laughs> because, yeah, you've heard of that one probably. Because the thing is, in fact, uh, usually the, the best removal in the past was lightning bolt and red removal. And, well, pump spells, they line up very well against red removal, right? If you bolt and I invigorate, okay, win for me. But fatal push is much more difficult for us to deal with. We have vines, that's pretty much it. So it became much more dangerous to go all in because if they have a fatal push and you invigorate berserk, yeah, fatal push and you just you just lost three cards and your game is over. In the past, if 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 you go for it and they bolt, you just invigorate again and you win the game. So I've seen a decline in the infect deck starting 2017, and ever since, well, I think from 2017 to 19, the deck was less popular, uh, and 
because the printing of so many cards made it so difficult. For example, remember Renan 6? That was a horrible period <laughs> to play. In fact, it was so disgusting, really. It was just, it was I no longer imagine. playable. And then we had Grixis Control at a certain point, which was the best deck in the format, which had like Deathrite Shaman, and it was just filled with black removal. And um, there was one one or two months in my entire career, Magic career, that, I, that even me, I stopped playing Infect for two months which was when Grixis Delver, uh, not Grixis Delver, um, Grixis Control was everywhere. Because if they just go turn one, uh, Deathrite Shaman, yeah, what am I going to do with my 1-1, one, one, my 1-1 one, one elf? Even oh, even yeah. if I just attack, it's it's no longer good enough, right? It was so insane. Uh, and then after it got banned, um, it, 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 I think then the deck became a bit better, but so many people left chip that I think that maybe it's just no longer on the radar and especially in recent times with the power creep i think so many creatures have been printed that are just so horrible for infect uh, i mean like plague engineer is horrible for us ice fan coatle 2 you have treadhold arcanist which is so difficult for infect to deal with and you you now see that the power creep is um, located on creatures and infect does not have a very good way of dealing with creatures in the past, it was all about the instant and sorceries, and that's that was something that, in fact, has a good, yeah, we have a good winning chance of this. But um, creatures is much more difficult, and now we have Oko to ferry two, and um, yeah, if if the power creep is located on creatures and planeswalkers, then in fact will struggle. And I I found that in the beginning, my win rate has declined quite a lot as well um, with the change in the power creep, and that's when I start thinking, okay, I'm going to have to change around a bit, where I have now swapped to playing Bant, where in the future I always played Simic. But uh, I think we'll we'll discuss that later. Um, but I think that's, if, yeah, if we briefly try to summarize the path Infect has seen over the last years, I think that's where we are right now, where Infect is, it, it has issues with the recent changes, I'd say, where we now have that the best cards are usually creatures or planeswalkers it's much more difficult for infect to deal with than uh, just instants and sorceries if if you ask me that's what i think at least that's a good way to sum it up i actually never thought about that how the power creep on on the creatures especially is an issue for you like because like you mentioned um the deck <laughs> your only really re removal spell quote-unquote in the main deck is technically berserk and that's yeah. <laughs> always yeah. the, the best thing to do exactly my one of my best friends in london he we've been like testing legacy since 2014 or 15 together or so and his favorite deck was always in fets and he played it every gp and he was mm -hmm. really a master of it until he's stepped away from magic recently and he always played pongify as removal Ooh, that, uh, pongify that yeah. is sweet this is even when like so Back to the the death right shaman thing, he correctly identified that the scariest cards from like Rekus Delver isn't the the lightning bolt, it isn't the force of will, it's the death right shaman because in effect, yeah, exactly. It, like the extra mana is exactly what beats in effect. It's the playing around days, it's the two removal spells, it's the discard spell plus removal spell thing. Yeah. So he was like playing Pongifies to deal with well either death right because it trades at even mana or then like Grim Love Mancers or whatever whatever you there. He's like, oh, a three three doesn't matter, but Pongify can look really embarrassing as well. So that tells you like what you have to dig to in blue green, I guess. Yeah, that, that's definitely true, and um, that's why I started playing uh, the white splash in I think for six months now. And if if this is the way that Wizards is going with Magic, then I don't think I'm going to cut white again anytime soon. 
But I think in regards to this year, well, with COVID, I'm I'm not sure if if I can say all too much about the uh, the meta because we now are looking at an online meta, and yeah. um, I think that in fact has never been that popular online, if you ask me. Um, I think that's it's maybe a deck that people enjoy playing in on paper. It's just a theory. I'm not sure about this. I, I think it's very true as well. I've noticed the same. Yeah. It, it's a really like a fan favorite deck. It's, yeah, it really is. It really. I is. think it is very strong. It is, it is strong enough to be like a major player online as well. But I don't know. People just see it as like two weeks removal, I guess. But yeah, it, it is, is. Which is true. It is played a lot more on paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Carry on. What you were saying? No, I was just about to say that the the online meta is different. So I don't know. I don't know about this year. I think the deck is is better than it um, than than we see right now. With I think it's one percent on MTG top eight or something like this. I think <laughs> it should be higher than that for sure. But yeah. I think the deck is so unforgiving that I think a lot of players just uh, they yeah. It, it's a deck where if you make one mistake, you're just gonna lose. It really is that easy. Where if you play Delver, if if you shoot a lightning bolt the wrong direction, the deck is so strong it will it will survive. You know you can still win the game. But if 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 in fact I think if yeah. you if you shoot a spell at at the wrong target or something you will lose because you you really need all of your resources and maybe that's another reason why um, people play it uh, or don't play it anymore uh, or less because they would just want to have especially in the online meta the best deck um, this is all theory I'm not sure but uh, yeah. I'm just saying yeah explanations I can think of mm-hmm. it makes sense to me. With regards to to how you play the deck and everything, um, I think one mistake or easy easy thing to avoid rather is to not play the deck as a purely all-in combo deck, because that's what you I think often see if people pick up the deck for the first time. They will throw everything they have on their Chandran Glistener Elf and then be blown out by a removal spell, even though they like if they knew more about the matchup. And that's me speculating because I've never been like super good with Infect. I played it a couple of times and I think I understand somewhat about like how it combines both like an aggressive combo as well as a grindy approach because that always reminded me of elves right i, I always felt like mm-hmm. in fact in a way was like related to elves like it's our sister deck or something because it also plays that thing of hey i can kill you on turn two but i can also like slowly outgrind you and never actually commit to to my crazy combo and just yeah. take two here take two there and then eventually you just get them because eventually they'll have to pull the trigger first and that's something i appreciate about in fact and if you are confident in how the matchup plays and that the deck has this potential by just like using Noble Hyrak and Pendlehaven to basically attack you for three every turn. If you're confident in that, then you can like actually allow yourself to play the long game and not feel like pushed into having to commit on turn two or turn three. And I think that's what, what's a big part of, of playing the deck. Is, is that something that sounds remotely true or did I just like make oh, this up? For sure, 100%. <laughs> and uh, w- as I said, when I started playing the deck in 2015, it took me for a year and a couple of months before I ever had a good result with it because it is is such a weird deck to play. It really is. It's so different from everything that you know. Um, most decks they have a straightforward game of game plan, but uh, in fact, can it? You don't have one win condition. I mean, yeah, sure. In fact, is your your number one way to win. But I can tell you how many times I've won with just regular damage because of a noble noble hierarch. It, mm-hmm. it happens. You you have to think out of the box, and you can only do this once you know your deck very well. And if if I can start with an elf and I can just slam in every single turn, that's fine. If, if I can get the infect damage through, I don't care if I win in five turns or if I win in one turn. And I think, in, as you said before, that's exactly what, when you start playing the deck, 
um, you have to learn. It, in fact, is not a combo deck. I can't stress this enough. I wish I could, uh, maybe I should tattoo this on my forehead or something like this, but in fact, it's not a combo deck. Caleb, you notice how I always say that about elves as well, that elves is not yeah. a combo deck? <laughs> and people disagree, right? I guess you know this. People say, yeah. no, no, elves is just a combo deck, and effect is a combo deck. And I can guarantee you this. If you play infect as a combo deck, you will lose. Don't get me wrong. It has a combo shell in there, sure, and you can abuse it. But it's, it is not a combo deck. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. And I think that's what people have to learn once they start playing the deck. That's the beauty of it. It's one. Yeah, it's one exactly. of the real strengths of the deck, right? You have you have this turn two potential, and in the matchups that you need to do that, like in other com, I'm about to say other combo matchups, but it's not a combo deck. Sorry, in your combo matchups, <laughs> you have to like uh, kill them pretty fast. You're going to be going more all in, but um, it's one of these like real holdover decks of legacy pre War of the Spark, I guess, because it's almost like a chess game against uh, f- fair decks with removal, because you play this sub game of hidden information where you're like okay so i have a vines of arsewood in my hand and a and a invigorate those are lining up with their fatal push and their lightning bolt so the first person to blink loses in that situation so then you're like working around then some fluster storms in there as well and you are then playing this like 5d chess game against this opponent with two or three removal spells and you've got your two or three answers to them and it's the first one that usually blinks or gets choked on mana or something or they have to push and that's why you want to be doing this game plan of attack you for one attack you for one attack you for one because you usually don't need to push until they fight back so that was what i played so much miracles with sensitive iron top against my friend who i've mentioned before we spent hours and hours and hours playing this matchup and it was just insane it was like the most beautiful magic and he would crush me with a fluster storm every single time but it was this hidden information game that was so brilliant so that is the non-combo side of the deck, I guess. And it happens a lot, because you play against fair a lot, I assume. Yeah, okay. This is where we have Kalen back. He just was dropped from the internet. Like, I think we've, we've had a recurring meme of, of Brexit, of your internet doing the Brexit. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I'm not for Brexit. I want to stay, I want to stay. <laughs> yeah, that. but your internet apparently is, is a, a My part of, of, of the No, new... <laughs> I have misbehaving internet. <laughs> You've yeah. got Tory internet, apparently. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we were just talking about the hidden information game and how that's um, also important to Infect, right? Because you, you're basically making them shoot first, if, if you can, and then you're maybe going to come out ahead. Uh, because maybe at this point, we, we can talk a little bit more about the inner workings of the deck. Like, people usually know there's Glistener Elf, there's Blighted Agent, and there's Inkmoth Nexus as, as the Infect creatures. And then there's a wide array of pump spells uh, the most common one is invigorate which is the one that gives uh, is it like plus four plus four for three life right so your opponent yeah. gains three life and you get to put um make make that make some creature go plus four plus four yeah. and the other most common ones are berserk which basically doubles a creature's power but it's and it gets trampled which is important and it dies at the end of combat and then there's also Winds of Vastwood, which for a single green just gives the creature is it no it's not hexproof it's what's the other one shroud no, I not believe. even. No, it's it's not it's either. Neither it's... of those. It, it's so it's so weird because uh, I think maybe I should check the exact wording of it because uh, I think it's like target creature can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponent controls. Yeah, something like this. That's actually the so, best version. Yeah, it really because it's actually a, a, a slightly better than hexproof. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. slightly is quite important in legacy. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, um, did you have a question about the? Uh, no, I, I was just like gonna mention them because not everybody might be fully uh -huh. familiar with how the deck works. So okay, sure. Finds a fastwood is for a single green is gonna do this basically improved version of hexproof, and if you kick it, it's also gonna give the creature plus four plus four. And then there's more recent additions, like, for example, Becoming Men's, which is the plus six, plus six spell for, I think, five Delph and a green. Yeah. Did I get that right? Oh, awesome. And then there's Scale Up that turns the creature into... Now I am now I actually have to totally make this up. How big does Scale Up <laughs> make the creature? Scale Up, uh, it's a sorcery, which is very important. And it says uh, the base power of the creature becomes a 6-4 and it becomes green, not that that's relevant. Oh, okay. So you can basically use this as a plus five plus something spell and then on not top of exactly, that not exactly because it doesn't technically gives plus five it says the base yeah. power becomes six four so if if um if if i were to use pendlehaven for example on my one one pendlehaven says it becomes a two three and then i use scale up it will actually become a six four but um pendlehaven will give it plus one plus two yeah so, so pendlehaven would still apply bit, so it would actually go to yeah, seven right exactly yeah but it doesn't actually give plus um, to 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 if that makes sense. The base power changes. Mm -hmm. Is that actually relevant? In N not some not ways? not not all that much. But um, yeah, no, no, I don't think so. It, it's yeah, I would never never say never because in Legacy you always find <laughs> some some way how it will be relevant, but can't immediately think of one. Yeah, I guess that there's going to be some very curious applications for how you can use all those spells. So maybe at this point, um, can can you walk us through like what's your preferred way for for this to go? Do you usually start out on invigorating the creature, so you hold back the winds of frostbolt for for protection? Mm -hmm. um, what what are your like your basic routines with the deck if you if you actually go for it? Mm -hmm. I think I could write a book about this. Uh, <laughs> this is. <laughs> the most important thing in infect you have so many angles that you can do and i think calum said it correctly playing infect is like playing a chess game and this is why i've never gotten bored with the deck because every game i play is different and it's a puzzle inside your head there is no one in your game plan and you can use all of these things at so many different uh, ways because like i can just have an invigorate and a vines of us within my hand and i can decide to go for it but i can also just decide to keep them as protection spells like if i'm playing against uh, delva for instance i if i'm playing against delva i usually keep my pump spells in my hand and i try to use them in combination so first invigorate he bolts i vines i try to win but if i'm playing against uh, a control shell for instance i try to use my pump spells whenever i can so if i have a turn one elf he ponders and I only have this Invigorate in hand, I will just use it immediately and I will be stuck with the Vines because then I prefer the Pump Spell. Um, I don't want the Pump Spell, I want to have the protection. So it, it's I, I can't give you one straight answer. It literally depends mm -hmm. um, on the deck I'm playing against. It's different for every single matchup. In general, if I have to make some assumptions, I'd say in games where speed is of essence, for example, against combo, just fire off your Pump Spells immediately or as quickly as possible. If you're playing against decks that have discard, you usually want to use your pump spells as quickly as possible as well. But that's not true if you're playing against control, because you have control decks that have discard too, and there you want to keep them. So <laughs> you see what I'm getting at, right? It's it's there's no with Infect there is no one size fits all approach. There just isn't. Every single matchup is different. So how to in general i would just say play it safe that's what i always do mm -hmm. in fact it's not a combo deck play it safe 
and what you what you always have to do is you have to find um, the best spot to go for it, which is the hardest part of Infect. Finding when to go for it is key in every single game. That is always true. It really is. So if you wait too long, um, your opponent will find a removal spell and you lose the game. If you go too quickly, they just, yeah, you, you might three for one yourself. You go for it, invigorate Berserk, they fatal push, game over. And unfortunately, as frustrating as this is, there is, I can't explain you this. I can explain to you, to you if I have a situation what you should do. But as I said, there is no no one size fits all. And even against the same deck, this this depends on my opening hand and what my opponent is doing. The only way you can learn this is through practice and knowledge. For example, if... I'm, I'm watching your stream. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, this is where you can find knowledge. <laughs> For example, imagine I was playing against uh, the, the, the recent uh, situation uh, or the recent decks of four color control. What they usually have if removal is like abrupt decays and fatal pushes. You need to know this. Um, and then if imagine I have Blighted Agent and uh, Ink Moth Nexus, two threats. What you usually do is attack with Blighted Agent, right? Because that's for free. That's what everyone think. You can just attack with Agent. You don't have to animate your Nexus and you can just go for it. This is not true when you're playing against four color control because their main removal is abrupt decays. They play the most of these. Abrupt Decay does not target a land, so it's better to attack with Ink Moth Nexus. And this is just one small situation where it's it's even the creature with which you attack is important. Um, as so, this is why I said I could write a book about this. Every situation is different, and every deck is different. So it's yeah, it, it's just hard going. Knowing when to go for it is what makes a good Infect player. I think it also really rewards like studying every single deck. Exactly. Like you say, the knowledge of knowing that four color control plays Erupt Decay as a main removal spell, that's invaluable because then you get in this attack with the Inkman decks. Yeah. But there are versions that play Source to Plowshares, exactly. so you need to know each different version of decks. Exactly. If you come up against Storm, you need to know are they currently playing like two Fluster Storms and two Fatal Pushes sideboard, mm -hmm. or are they playing Massacre over Fatal Push because of Esper Vial? Like, you really need to know every single thing about every other deck, I feel like. Like, you should be doing that for most decks in Legacy anyway, but Infect feels like you need to know it even more than most. Yeah, I think Infect is one of the decks that, if you know, if you're very knowledgeable about every deck in the format, I think it's one of the decks that can give you the highest edge that... I'm not sure, of course, because I usually always play Infect, but I think it's one of the decks that gives you the biggest boost in uh, in win rates. Because if you know exactly what your opponent can have, that's how Infect will reward you, um, at least in my experience. And what I what I usually do is, whenever a new set comes out, I wait for a week or two on MTG Top 8, and then what I always do is I just click on every deck I can find and see, okay, so what's changed? What is How is the meta developing? Is four color control going back to more fatal pushes? Are they playing more abrupt decays? How is the meta evolving? And if you want to have a good win rate with Infect, this is something that you just have to do. You just have to know um, the, the the format um, in all the in and outs. What is happening? What are people doing? Because otherwise, if if I go for it thinking that um, four color control is still always playing or mostly playing abrupt decays, and they fatal push me, game over, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. I guess you do have to, like, this This feeds into your finding the spot, which it is just super hard. Like, I know from experience playing against Infect, when I've been playing Control, they don't go for a kill that I'm aware of, 
but I have to represent stuff. And based on information you're feeding or getting fed, you it, it's right not to go for it. So you're, you're playing both things, but sometimes you're thinking in this, if, you, if you're aware of a deck like, for example, Grix Control, a while ago that you mentioned, you know that that deck is just chock full of removal mm -hmm. and him to Turak. So you're in this bind where you probably want to push against them earlier and take yeah. higher risks. But if you're against something like Abrupt Decay where the removal is two mana, you can you really can afford to play it slow and they don't really play uh, discard currently, the snow decks exactly. generally. Exactly. So I think for me, one of the most fun things about the deck too is just use everything to your advantage. So use the fear of your opponents to your advantage because people are afraid of playing I against Infect. It really is true, and uh, yeah. they have to be because you, it, it can win out of it nowhere. It is terrifying. Yeah, it is. You can, yeah, you can just die. It's hard to play, but yeah. it's also hard to play against. Um, and you use this to your advantage. And as I said, even even the skill of your opponent is important when you are playing Infect. Because, like, imagine this, right? Um, when I start playing against opponent, I try to evaluate, okay, is this a newer player or is he skilled? Because, And I, I usually find this out pretty quickly because good opponents or who have played against infect a lot they know not to pick a fight with infect in combat because you mm. will lose this is what i want so if i if i start with attacking with an elf and my opponent just immediately uses the fatal push on it then i know okay he is clearly not experienced against uh, playing against infect and i will abuse this i know he will go for uh, he go he will pick a fight in combat and then just okay sure in, in response invigorate uh, and berserk with vines backup and he's dead but if I know I'm playing against good opponents, I can abuse this as well, because I know that good opponents, they wait until my end step to kill my creature, as they should. But if you know this, I can steal a couple of infect points very easily, because sometimes I will just... I have an infect threat in my hand, and I know if I play this, uh, yeah, he will just remove my threat and respond. So I just attack. He does not use removal on my elf, as he shouldn't. Okay, great, so I've just done one infect, or maybe two, who knows. And then afterwards, I just play another threat, and then you can build one of my threats, it's fine. So even this is important, knowing how skilled your opponent is to abuse this as well. With infect, you can literally abuse everything that your opponent does, or even um, how skilled they are at the game. And this is what I love, just abusing the mind games and and abusing the fear and the skill level of your opponent you can use everything to your advantage with the deck which is what i love and if you're you're, you're really hyping me up to play yeah it it, now. It, it's got... so fun i can't explain <laughs> this every game is fun with infect and i really do i feel as though if if you it's one of the decks that i feel very rewarding if you win a tight game because you have to accept you're not going to win all, all the matches with Infect. Sometimes you will have an opening hand, and if your opponent just have so much removal, you, you're going to lose. It That's just it. But if you navigate yeah. things correctly and you squeeze out a win, it feels so rewarding because you really feel like, as you said before, you have won the chess game. <laughs> and I've, I've tried other decks, and, and like I, I remember that I, once I played Grixis Delver in a tournament, and I went 5-2, just missing top 8, which is a good result, and I felt horrible. I didn't have any fun at all. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, sure, final result, I'm never going to play the deck again. Because it was so straightforward, I felt as though, yeah, I won because I played the best cards in Legacy. I didn't feel like I, I, I had made some crazy decisions or, wow, that was so cool. No, I felt like, okay, I played the best cards and I win. Great. But <laughs> uh, I just didn't yeah. feel like I was playing the chess game where, in fact, sometimes if I if I think I'm going to do this and then he does that and then I can do this and if he does that, then I do like this and I win. And you once you experience 
when you're when you are experienced with the deck, sometimes it will happen exactly as you thought it it uh, was going to happen. I'll tell you one thing, that's pretty much the the best feeling you can have with a deck, where if you can if you can predict everything and it happens exactly in the correct order, then yeah, that's that's why I play the deck. Winning the chess game, it's so amazing. It's 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 lovely. <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate winning, especially like when it's a big important event uh, for its own as well. Didn't didn't you actually like do really well or even win um, earlier this year before like the whole COVID situation at at some card market tournament? I think I, yeah. I remember. Yeah, exactly. I played uh, my last big tournament was in February in the, in Paris, the Magic Card Market Series, uh, probably the biggest tournaments in Europe, I think. Yeah. Um, where I think it was over 100 people. Don't know the exact amount. Maybe 110, something like this. Um, I think my biggest way, uh, my biggest win uh, so far. Um, and I, I took, um, yeah, I took the win in in Paris. Funny thing, I actually won against a friend of mine who is uh, a Belgian, and we drove in the same car to oh, the, to those Paris. Those are the best stories. Yeah, <laughs> really was. I think the win rate of our car was pretty high, so <laughs> that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I, I took it home with Infect, and uh, I think it was because I made a good meta call. Because in Europe, I don't know if it's the same for uh, for in the United States, but in Europe it seems to me like everyone likes to play Control, or maybe just in paper in general, everyone likes to play Control. And this is so different from the online meta, which you probably know. In online meta, you see a lot yeah. more combo, and in real life, everyone plays Control. And yeah, I I, I think I um made a good estimate of this where I even went down to 18 lands, but I went uh, in a deck where I had Sylvan Library main, which was usually not something that people did. I cut Wasteland because it's not good against, well, control and then the basics and Astrolabe, etc, yeah. etc. Et and uh, I still had a lot of tight games, but this is one of the things that it was most rewarding where if you don't make any mistakes, you will perform well. Because I, I think it was in the... Um, was it the semi-finals or the quarter? I think semi-finals I played against Grixis Delver, where actually there were so many decisions to be made. Uh, I ended up winning because my opponent had made three errors in a row. Uh, I, th I think I would have won the game anyway, but uh, because he had so made so many errors, he ended up being disqualified, which was a bit of a bummer to me oh, really, because okay. I really just, yeah, I wanted to play it out because I felt like I'm doing, I'm doing everything the correct way. And I, I didn't enjoy that win, despite the fact that okay, you win, sure, but that's not you know, that's, that's not why I play the game. I, I, I want to play that chess game and uh, put all my pieces yeah. together. Um, but I was very happy with the win because I played against so many different decks. Uh, I think I played in in the Swiss. I think I played every round against a different deck. A different kind of control deck. <laughs> <laughs> if only that were true. <laughs> no. So generally, what would you say? Um, what are your best matchups? Like, what are you looking to face with the deck right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the best matchups. Uh, well, it has changed a bit now since I swapped to the white splash because my uh, win rates have gone up against a lot of them. But you, there are a, a couple of uh, decks that are always bad, and it may be some decks that you wouldn't expect. For example, one of my most difficult matchups is actually Eldrazi. Which is something that I wouldn't have expected, but uh, I've like for a year now I've been keeping statistics of all my wins and losses, and I found that Eldrazi is one of my highest loss, uh, yeah, loss percentage. And once I started thinking about this, because this is why I started keeping track of all of this, um, if I have a win rate which is lower than fifty percent, I start thinking about okay, how can I improve this matchup? And Eldrazi, what they usually do is they have a fast clock, and they have Chalice. And they have Thought Knots here to pitch away um, yeah, our pump spells. And this is why 
losing against Aldrazi is usually because um, they lock me out of the game either with Chalice or taking one essential part with Thought Knots here. Well, they can of course just run you over with uh, turn three. Uh, What's the name of the the huge swinger? Uh, Smasher. Smasher, exactly. Yeah. Smasher. Where it just destroy you. And I think that's true for all infect decks. Decks um, that have disruption and the fast clock is something that we struggle with. So, um, which is. Um, it's not. Sounds uh, like something that's good against combo decks. Disruption and the fast clock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, but I think against Eldrazi, we have to play as a combo deck. So that, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's Eldrazi and Delva can be, it's, it's, it is also a difficult matchup. Um, but I have to note that although I think that Delva is a difficult matchup, it's not among the worst. I think Delva is a matchup that I love playing because it's so skill intensive. So I wouldn't put the put it alongside the worst matchups. I think if I had to make um, like a top five, I'd say definitely Eldrazi. Then um, Moon Stompy, that's a horror. I think that's probably the worst matchup. I it's, hear that a lot from, from Infect, actually. Yeah, it's horrible because every single card they play, it makes us lose the game. It, <laughs> it really is that easy. We have to deal with everything. It's uh, a really, really rude deck. Yeah, it is. It, so I'm very happy that now it's 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 going away with the Astrolabe, etc. So uh, that's that's a, a good thing. Astrolabe <laughs> is uh, not something that Infect... Well, I don't really care about this all that much. It can stay if you ask me, but I guess that's an unpopular opinion. So let's uh, go. <laughs> let's. Okay, go thank you very much for coming on the show tonight, everybody. <laughs> if you want to fight, no, okay, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> uh, should have said that. Uh, what else? Um, well, of course, control decks. Grixis control, four-color control. These are very difficult to deal with. Um, and then I guess burn and death shadow. I think this is my top five. Aldrazi, Moonstompy. Grixis or for color control, Death Shadow and Burn. I think those okay. are the worst ones. So which ones do you actually wanna face? Well, these are much easier if every deck that tries to race us but does not have that much interaction. Which is Death and Taxes, Elves, Goblins. Um so these are all very good matchups. Um I yeah, I think in in the past, let me just quickly check my statistics. Let's see, after swapping to white, I have a 93% win rate against elves. So they, <laughs> they just try. Yeah, well, 93%. How many matches? Uh, 22. So okay, that's pretty Lost good. one. Lost <laughs> one or maybe two of them. Um, but it, this is changing now that they have Allosaurus Shepherd, I think, because, well, we can't counter anymore if they have the Shepherd. Uh, so that does change a lot, which I guess is true with four elves and with, with a lot of matchups. Um, but you, you can see a pattern. Death and Taxes, um, they usually, the only way they can interact with us is source of plowshares, and we can deal with that. Elves as well, in the past, before Shepherd, they did not have any real way to interact with us, and we could counter. Goblins, they just try to run you over, and maybe they have like some form of removal, but it's not what, what the game plan is. And these three are all trying to race us, but you're never gonna we will never win a race against infects that's not gonna happen we are just so fast we will beat you i think the best matchup that you can have is cloud post um let me let me think if i ever it's lost so, a match so against slow and sluggy yeah they they take time to set up and they don't have all that much ballista that's dangerous if they have ballista they can win i guess their interaction is like um maze of Ith and glacial chasm yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. So we have a lot of stuff uh -huh. to to uh, interact with them. Um, it's not like it's it's not like it's a hundred percent win rate, but I think it's about eighty five percent or something like this. Um, I think I can count 
on one hand the amount of games I've lost against Cloudpost because it's just it's almost a buy really um, something like that eighty five percent maybe yeah maybe more we take those eighty five percent and then actually old school miracles so that was a good matchup uh, <laughs> but um, but that has changed miracles now is not the miracles of the past anymore <laughs> yeah, they've got flying snakes and stuff. Yeah, flying snakes, that's not something that Infects likes yeah. to see because we rely on Ink Moth Nexus in the matchup. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, now that they have Quethels, Ink Moth isn't that good anymore as it was in the past. But I think this is the top five of good matchups Death and Texas, Elves, Goblins, Cloud Post. Uh, yeah, and I guess Miracles in the past, but that's not an uh, option anymore. Mm -hmm. So then probably Sneaky Show, really. That's a pretty easy matchup. I'd love, easy. Play, I'd love oh. to play a deck with yeah. Sneak and Show. I never do. <laughs> that sounds pretty confident. It's, uh, that actually brings me to um, a more recent addition to the deck that's, well, I guess, hadn't been printed before, and that's Oko. You got one the main deck and the second mm -hmm. copy in the sideboard. Yeah. And I, I think some of our questions that we received were on that card specifically. Like, what exactly is Oko doing the de uh, for the deck, and why do you like it? So once Oko was printed, I immediately saw the potential in the card, uh, and I'm in a lot of Infect Facebook groups and discords, etc., etc. And uh, I said immediately, "You, we have to play this card because it's amazing." And people said, "Yeah, but it doesn't do anything for game plan, so no cards bad." And while that's true, in fact, uh, sorry, Oko is just so broken that it can win the game on its own, right? And that's why probably every every single deck that plays blue green can gen, can just play Oko because it's so busted. Um, but for us specifically, what Oko can do is it can get rid of artifacts. So I'm playing one in the main because if they resolve a chalice, that actually gives you an out. Oko, and if, if you're playing against Death and Texas and they resolve uh, Chite, that gives you an out where usually game one, if Death and Texas has the Chite, game over. We have zero outs. And if there is an artifact that makes you unable to play the game, Oko gives you an out. And now, with a power creep, as I said before, creatures get the best abilities now. And Oko can get rid of the abilities. I don't care if you have a 3-3. And I don't care if you destroy Oko. Like, you have a Plague Engineer, I make your Plague Engineer into a 3-3, and you destroy Oko the turn after. I don't care. That's not why, why this is here. Oko, for Infect, usually is get rid of one thing that I care about, and then I can win the game after. So this is why Oko is there. It, it makes it so we can get rid of the stuff we don't care about and who knows sometimes it's just a win condition because if you play oko at the right time we can just go for the control game plan and then just yeah just start slamming in with a with a 3-3 three, three. and if i invigorate berserk a 3-3 three, three, i'm going to slam mm -hmm. in with a 14 damage so that, that's fine i don't have to win with infect regular damage is perfectly fine too speaking of regular damages that brings back the uh i just whenever i th think of infect dealing regular damage it reminds me of the uh GP Vegas was it? Or I can't remember where. Where Tom Ross? Tom Ross beat um, yeah. like blue red standstill with sudden shocks, with just attacking <laughs> with a noble hierarchy. It's absolutely yeah, beautiful. Exactly. Oh, that was that was um, GP New Jersey 2014. New Jersey, where he played it. against Lamb Fam, the, the yeah. one of the co-creators of of Canadian Threshold. Exactly. And I saw the list, and I saw the three sudden shocks, and I was like, <laughs> How will like in fact ever beat the three sudden shock deck? But he managed to do it. <laughs> Oh, that's that's amazing. Just what a god. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People don't expect regular damage from Infect, and I can understand why, but it happens. Like, one of the most cool things that I've done in, in recent timings is with... I'm now playing Allosaurus Shepard in the sideboard too, and uh, I have been able to actually use the second ability 
Richard. <laughs> of the other. <laughs> wow. Yeah, which, and I, I'll be honest, I could have won with Infect, but I just, yeah, if, if I can, you know, I want to tick off some things of my list, and uh, being able to win with the second ability from Allosaurus Shepherd was <laughs> pretty high on that list. So that was pretty funny. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, it was. So, yeah, awesome. sometimes we can just do, we can, we can do weird things with our deck that people don't expect. In speaking of weird things, bring it on. We actually had several questions. Like, you, you guys, I, I guess Caleb has an idea how many questions we received for you. Mm -hmm. There's like two two entire pages of Google Doc show notes with just questions <laughs> for you. Um, I'm going to pick one, and that's from Daos in our uh, Discord. And he is mm -hmm. asking about pet cards that you love and infect. Like, which, which kind of cute cards could you run an infect or, or am I going to expand that to which kind of like cute tricks can you pull an infect with the cards that people might not be immediately aware of that will blow your mind? I love this question so much because I'm very big fan of pet cards. Um, I think you have 15 cards in a sideboard, so you have room for one janky card in there, right? So just try it. <laughs> <laughs> just play. This, this is how you go to legacy decks, everyone. Yeah, just play 14 good cards and one card that you played have fun with. And, <laughs> and uh, of course, I do still try to find a card that's actually good or I see potential in there, but it can be something something sweet. And maybe I should just, yeah, let, let's have something funny here. I'm just going to name a card that I played and has gotten into a top eight finish with on MTG top eight. And let's see if any one of you legacy veterans actually know what a card does. Well, I'm pretty curious. Don't hit me. <laughs> Want to play the game? Okay, let's see. Animation module. What does this do? Oh, yeah, that's an artifact for one mana. Um, whenever right. a player, you can pay three mana to give a counter to a permanent or a player and whenever a counter is put on something you can pay one to make a 1-1 one -one servo awesome i thought i had you there yeah exactly i actually played that card uh when miracles was the top deck nice. and i found that i was actually able to get in for nine infect because that's when miracles started um like it, they don't care about the infect damage yeah. at all so you can deal nine infect damage i don't care about this at all and i had so many fun games where i just go nine infect and i have zero protection in my hand yeah. literally zero and i'm going to walk straight into a source of plowshares but again i know i'm playing against a good opponent so if i deal nine he doesn't care so i i just double invigorate he says yeah sure nine infect okay end of turn source of plowshares my threat and he's like okay i win Next turn, I just play animation module, and it's an artifact. So <laughs> I got to I got to say, win the game. I slightly <laughs> slightly cheated here because this was played in uh, like modern scales. It's quite famous, but ah, okay. the the OG so card knew. like this, which my friend played it, like for two years for for miracles, contagion clasp. That's you know, what oh, I was yeah, wondering great. about because that's mm -hmm. what what Tom Russell actually played at times, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is the card that does a similar thing, but it costs four mana to activate, so it's similar style. Yeah, this is cheaper. You, you, do you have any uh, more? So that might... Yeah, I'll, I'll keep them coming. This, I wouldn't say this is a pet card, but I think it's, it's just... I'm just going to name a couple of cards that I thought were janky, but still good mm -hmm. in the correct situation. Uh, another one. I think you maybe know this one. It's Nissa, Voice of Zendikar. It's a Planeswalker. Oh, yeah. This is one green green. Comes in with, like, three loyalty. You can minus two to put a 1-1 one, one counter on each creature you control and, like, plus one to make a 0-1 plant. Think. yeah exactly yeah. that's the one and i play this also in the miracle age where um usually miracles they bordered out council's judgments mm -hmm. against infect which is correct and back in that day planeswalkers weren't that powerful so infect did not have any any way to actually play planeswalkers and i started playing this specifically for that matchup because nobody expects planeswalkers from the infect side now they do with oko etc but back then nobody expected this and i have won so many games nice. off of nissa voice of Zendikar, and just a meta call because i think right? they would side out forces out. generally as well right 
Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not sure about that. Okay. I guess not all of them, but yeah, uh, it makes sense to do. But this. you are taking out a majority of answers to this card, which you do need to answer really. So, yeah, exactly. And this is what I mean by knowing the meta. I knew that people were taking out uh, this, uh, well, these cards against Infect. So I'm like, well, then I'm just going to punish this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's smart. Uh, there was a time in 2018 when uh, there was a Belgian player who top eight at a GP Legacy GP playing um, Steel Stompy. Do you remember that deck? Is that Johan de Groeter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a friend of mine. I know him very nice, well. Nice, nice. Um, and after he top eighted, everyone in Belgium started playing Steel Stompy, <laughs> which is horrible because it's a very bad matchup. <laughs> yeah, <once>. yeah. <laughs> it really is. I guess it's like Chalice, started... Thorn, Blister. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a pile of bullshit, which we lose against. <laughs> that's the perfect that's, definition. That... <laughs> it's a pile of bullshit. I completely agree. But it's very good against Infect, yeah. <laughs> and I started playing the card Seeds of Innocence. You know oh, what this yeah, one yeah. Does? yeah, yeah. Of course, do. it's 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 a colorless and two green, and it destroys yeah. all artifacts. All right. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't gonna but get this one. Nice. Every artifact's controller does gain life equal to that artifact's casting cost. So I don't really <laughs> care about that life gain. And that was such a blowout. Like Steel Stompy was everywhere, and I was like, yeah, sure, do your thing, play Seeds of Innocence. Okay, game over. <laughs> and that was. That was just a meta call specifically for Belgium, but it, it, it works out. Plus, for, uh, at that plus time. there's something that's so like fulfilling when you beat people with some silly card that no one knows about. Exactly. It's so, yeah, it, yeah one of the best feelings in the when, world. When I, was okay, playing, if, uh, if I, when I was playing Zerdus, yeah. I had a reanimator opponent um, like Entomb and then reanimate, not Grizzlebrand, but a Bane of Progress. Oh, yeah. Do you know that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that kills all artifacts at the beginning of some step. No, no. It's just like ETB destroy oh, all artifacts to play, and right? oh, And then it yeah. gets like loads of ca- plus one, plus one counters for each thing it killed. That's amazing. Yeah. If I had to name one pet card, however, this is the card that I love the most. And even now, I've had so many top eight finishes where the card's in my sideboard. And still people tell me this card is shit. Why do you play this? And I genuinely love this card. But le- I, maybe you know this. It's called Great Sable Stag. You know the card? We yes. have So on the, that topic, let's just jump to a question from So yeah. we had Ron K on Twitter. They asked okay. what's behind the love to Great Sable Stag. So explain Great Sable Stag, Sam. What is going on? Yeah, so people <laughs> this is what I mean. People ask <laughs> me all the time about this card and I can't tell you how much I love this card. <laughs> it's so good and it seems to be so horrible. For people who don't know this, it costs um, colorless double green. It can't be counted. It has protection from blue and black, and it's a 3-3. And it's an That's elk. It. Everyone loves and the elk. And it's elks. an elk, yeah. 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 <laughs> now it's Oko, funny friends. <laughs> um, so that card seems bad, right? But in very, very specific matchups, it is awesome. But And this is why I get a lot of questions about this. Just because it's in my sideboard doesn't mean you have to bring it in in, in, in every single matchup. I, I had this card in, I think... It was in 2017 or 18, back when we saw Death Shadow for the first time in Legacy and Grixis Control was the top deck. I think it was 2018 or 17, I'm not sure um, mm, what sounds the year about right, was. 17, I think. Yeah. But it's so silly because Death Shadow was everywhere and that's a very difficult matchup for Infect. And, you know, if, as soon as I have a very bad matchup, I try to look for things that have um, answers. And... I'm not exaggerating here. If you play Great Sable Stag against Death Shadow, Great Sable Stag against Death Shadow is a three-mana card that says you win the game. It really is that easy, and it can't be counted to. Yeah, I can't see them doing anything. It's just... Yeah, they they pay so much life, especially against Infect, because who cares about life against Infect, right? And they have counter magic and black removal. And Great Sable Stag doesn't care about any of this. 
So I just play it and I win the game. If I have this in my opening hand, literally, it, the game was all about let him do his thing, play Great Sable Stag, and win the next turn. <laughs> <laughs> and it works every time. So that's why it was amazing. Very nice. And then it was a situation uh, the in that year you had Grixis Control as the best control deck. So after evaluating the deck as well, they play they played um, in that era. They played two lightning bolts. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. All the rest was black removal and counter magic. It was like fatal push, Colligan's command, him to Torak. Exactly, Colligan's command. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And again, Great Sable Stag doesn't care about this. Yeah. So if I resolved Great Sable Stag, um, it this was all about keeping that duo alive. And it it wasn't actually me who found this card it, I, at that. At this time, I was just looking, okay, how can I win? And I uh, tried some other cards, but they weren't good enough. I actually started playing, um, what's the name of the... It's a, it's a colorless one blue. It has hexproof. It's a 1-1. One, one. Uh, invisible Stalker. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. that one. I tried it. It wasn't good mm. enough. And then one of my Infect buddies said, have you considered the card for a Sable Stag? And I said, I don't know this. What What is that? I looked it up. I saw it. And it was just uh, love on first sight. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just love <laughs> it. It really was. And I can't tell you how many games I win with Great Sable Stag. Because I play it, and even my opponents are like, what is this? Or they're saying, this is bad. Why do you play this? And then I crush them with it. Nice. That's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, when they say it's bad, and you're just like, well, I mean, you just lost a really bad Yeah, we'll bad see card about thing. that. We'll see about yeah. that, shall we? And um, yeah, but again, it's for, for very specific matchups mm -hmm. and only in very specific metas. I don't think it's good in the meta right now. And in my recent list, you can see I'm no longer playing it. Mm -hmm. I've played it for a while, but um, it, that was when 4-Color Control did not had not yet adapted Oko. And the main removal again was Abrupt Decays, etc. Um, then it was good for a while because they only had three swords of Plowshares. But now with Euro, um, winning with regular damage is no longer an option. Makes sense. So yeah, you have to think about this card. When is it good? But if I had to name one pet card, it's definitely Great Sable Stag. Nice. Definitely. It does stand out because we had that specific question about like, why do you love this card? So that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, people still think it's it's uh, it's horrible and uh, <laughs> they are wrong. <laughs> that, that's that's a that's a great thing though when people keep telling you, you know, why are you playing this card, whatever. And then you, you're like, well, my results speak for myself. It's self right. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I'm going to carry on winning with it. You can all not think it's good and you can all carry on losing to it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Card's good. Card's amazing. But not right now. Yeah. <laughs> Time and place. So moving on, we as we mentioned, we do have quite a lot of questions. So we'll try okay, and fine. get the bulk of them in. Um, <clears throat> so another one, which is a general one, which I think we've started to cover, but I think there's a, you could speak a bit more about Snow. Is So Dow's from the Discord as well. I said, how do you think Infect is positioned in this meta where everyone talks about Uro, Oko, Astrolabe, Arcanist? It's kind of broad, but do you think it's like a tier two higher kind of deck where do you think of it uh find that to be a difficult question as well because um i'll be i'm not actually sure because well in all honesty infect has never been good in the meta right <laughs> is there <laughs> that's just true well <laughs> during, during top miracles infect... at least it was very good i think yeah, yeah I think specifically it was against miracles top miracles mm -hmm. yeah Next it was good against specifically against miracles but not against the other day, it, 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 Delva has always been a bad matchup. Okay. And Delva has always been the best aggro deck alongside Miracles. So I don't think there has ever been a situation where Infect has been good in the meta. If you play Infect, you play the deck because you love it and you like to play the chess game and you are very good in the deck and you feel confident that you will be able to win those bad, bad matchups as well. Um, so how do I feel about the, the meta right now with all of the new cards? Well, I think Oko, of course, 
uh, is difficult for us, but we can play it ourselves. So, um, fight yeah, fire Elko is just fire. so broken. Yeah, exactly. Play, uh, fight fire with fire. That's a good way to uh, look at it. And the funny thing is now, since I have adopted um, the the white splash, I said that four color control is my wor one of the worst matchups, right? But after adopting white, my win rate against four color control is right now 79%, which is for wow. me, yeah, it's it's amazing. Because what I do is if I'm playing against four color control, I'm no longer playing a combo deck. I'm not even relying on Infect anymore. I just play two Okos myself. I play double Sylvan Library. I play <laughs> um, Teferi. Yeah, this is what I love about Infect. Name me one other combo deck, which it is not, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that plays three Planeswalkers, double Sylvan Libraries. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it's so funny because we, we can play as as what we want. So yeah, it's not good positioned in the meta, but if if... In fact, is a deck where if you know how to handle the meta, it will always be good. Yeah, that's if yeah, what I think. But you have to invest time in really uh, identifying the meta, looking for details, and yeah, I spend a lot of time just yeah, yeah. A lot of people think this is boring, probably, but there are a lot of times when I just click on MG top eight and I just look through the decks and I think, okay, yeah, oh, this is bad for us. Okay, what can I do? How can I improve, etc., etc. Like Arcanist, horrible card for us. I started losing so many games against Delver because when Arcanist was printed, I was still on Simic Infect, and it was so bad. I started playing like even double Hydroblast against it, but it, was, it just wasn't good enough. It was such a difficult card, and I found that it was at the same time when everyone was playing creatures and it was so overpowered. And I swapped to white specifically for Source to Plowshares, and my win rate was increasing again. But you just have to keep Arcanist off the board. So this wasn't this was a real change for me because in the past, before Arcanist, the game plan against Delver was try to keep their first threats or maybe their first two threats off the board and you win. You if, if it goes to a race, you win. That was how you approached Delver. Not anymore. How you approach Delver right now is keep Arcanist off the board or you will lose. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's it's that easy. It feels the same uh, for the If he has a turn one yeah, if he has turn one Delver, I don't even use a Force of Elive if I have it. No, but imagine he has an Arcanist. That's really scary. Turn one Delver, yeah. This is sure. so, so similar. Like, I always talk about how, how I always felt like Infect is like the sister deck of Elves. This is yeah. just speaking, like, straight from my heart. Like, when, when, when <laughs> I play Elves, you also bring in um, removal against their against their well, threats because then you can also just, like, win on the ground. And I also mm -hmm. often do it. Like, before we got Elisar Shepard, I usually sided out huge parts of the combo, including Natural Order, and would often just grind them out with regular damage. And part of that was, when you see Delva, you just abrupticate. It's going to be fine. Like, you don't yeah. even care about the rest that's on the ground. On the ground, you can just, like, why would get block bounce, whatever. But now that exactly. Arcanist is there, I will very often forego killing a Delva, even if I could. Like, if I'm on the play, I can technically turn to Abrupticay or Delva. I often won't, because I first want to see whether they are going to get their turn to Arcanist, because that's the much, much higher priority target. I can take the damage of the Delva, but I cannot let an Arcanist attack, and that's the one guiding thing for me right now in the format. Yeah, exactly, right? So, I think with Infect, if you want Infect to be good in the meta, forget about it. It's never good in the meta. Infect is only good in the right players' hands, and you have to be willing to adapt every new printing or every new set especially in the recent uh, times you will have to adapt and sometimes for 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 the better you know astrolabe being printed in the beginning i was thinking this is going to be horrible but it turns out i don't really care about astrolabe all that much um and it even has made moonstompy go away so that has actually been good for infect and now with combo uh, sorry control decks going to euro 
that's amazing for Infect. They rely on their life total. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I couldn't care less. You're fine with and them gaining 50 exactly, life. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's why my win rate against 4 color control has been increasing because their main deck relies more on Astrolabe, Euro, which I don't really care about. But this this makes it so that I have cut another um, Sylvan Library because I feel like one has been enough. So this you, you can see a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. um, analyze everything, analyze the meta very well, and you you can find the correct 75 cards to make Infect good in every meta. But it's never going to be a tier 1 deck, probably not even going to be a tier 2 deck, which is fine because if Infect ever were to become a tier 1 deck, it's going to die because it's so easy to hate against that it would just immediately drop. That's just yeah, how it is. I it's I, so easy to hate against. If I, I think to. I hold the deck in slightly higher esteem than what you're mm -hmm. making out. I think it's it's one of these decks. Yeah, I can see. I agree with the rough thing you're saying. Like it, it it's it's very easy to hate out with just like loads of removal spells, I guess. And Plague Engineer does a number, as you said, a few times. But it has this potential. Like it's it's a grindy deck that can beat the Premier Control deck. It does have some game against Delver. You can race combo decks, and you have this like ceiling potential of turn two kills. So. I don't know if if like we weren't having this podcast here and someone said, "Hey, what do you think of Infect?" and I was like, "Oh, it's very solid tier two, I think." Mm -hmm. About that, I, I, if if that's how you would assume it, I'm, I agree because mm. well, if you ask me, Infect is the best deck, really. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> it really is, and I, and I'm not trying to be silly about this, but I yeah. genuinely think I've tried a lot of decks, and I always felt even when I was playing like I've played other decks as well, like Miracles, etc. Mm -hmm. for 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 shits and giggles, I guess. But <laughs> I've always felt like this is just not as good as Infect. I genuinely feel this way, but um, yeah. Uh, if I get what you're saying, I think maybe saying that it's never going to be tier one or tier two is because I don't think it will ever be played that much in the meta. Maybe that's how I uh, approached the idea of what you mean with okay. a tier two or tier one deck. Yeah, but that's yeah, fine. I, I really think it's it's very strong. I really do think it is. Yeah, but um, maybe it's because you have to invest so much time in making it into your own tier one deck that people kind of want to say, nah, I don't want to invest that much time in a deck. I'll just play it safe with a more straightforward game plan. Maybe that's better. Okay, no, I understand you now. Yeah, I understand you better. Like, the deck's potential is yeah. through the roof. I got it. It makes sense yeah, exactly. So moving on, we have further questions from the Discord. We have ASO or ASO. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, so he said, I'd be interested in hear his, his opinions on the following cards in Infect. So we've got a few cards which we haven't really touched on. So Preordain, Crop Rotation, and then Teferi, Time Raveler. Mm -hmm. So my thoughts about these cards specifically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, well, Preordain, no. No. That's <laughs> short answer. I usually answer very nice, <laughs> very long, but no. Ponder is just better. Yeah. Why? Because Infect wants to see as much cards as possible. It really is that easy. If I'm looking for a pump spell to win the game or preordain, I will see two cards. Not good enough. Makes sense. I want, yeah. If there was a, a like a worse ponder, but it shows me four cards, I'd probably play that. I just, in fact, relies on a certain set of cards which you want to find, and I I want to find them as efficiently as I can. So no, I don't play preordain. I enjoy ponder more. Yeah. I think that's that's a good point about preordain. Um, there was a time when in the the old checkpile decks, the the Danes actually used to run preordain over ponder. And I think it makes sense in a deck where you're really just playing a bunch of good stuff. So you're really just trying to filter out like, I don't know, 
yeah, blanks like exactly. lands or sometimes forces that you don't need so you just want more if you can't advantage random good stuff but uh, like you mentioned in, in fact you want very specific cards either you want like a threat a creature or a pump spell or a protection spell and having more of the same doesn't accomplish anything if if you don't have like a creature for example so i can see why ponda would be like the much more preferred card there mm -hmm, exactly and then crop rotation uh yeah another card i can write an entire book about <laughs> uh, i'm in love with crop rotation it's so good and this is one of the things that we haven't covered yet but in fact plays a lot of one-offs and the one-offs are so amazing because people can't actually play around one-offs you know it's it's a one-off so if they have it, they have it. But the thing is, we have a lot of one-offs. I play one Oko, one Library, one Crop Rotation, one Skate Up, one Become Immense, and one Wasteland too. So I'm, I'm going to tell you, the amount of times because... I fetched a duel against Infect thinking, oh, they're not going to have the one of Wasteland. Yeah, sure. They have exactly. it 110% so, of the time. It's just exactly. It's a one-off. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to play around a one-off, and this is what I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it makes it so strong. And Crop Rotation is probably the best one-off in the deck. Uh -huh. Because... Um, at the end of your turn, crop rotate into Nexus because you've tapped out. I destroy you. It works every time. If the, Often I have crop rotation in my opening hand and I only use it after turn 5 when my opponent has tapped out and I destroy him the turn after because it's just crop rotation does it all. Even now in the past when I was playing Simic you had Caracas and Bajukabog in the sideboard to deal with graveyard or legendary creatures. I have removed them from the sideboard because I no longer need them, but I still play crop rotation because the potential is just so high. And we don't even always use it for Ink Moth. Sometimes if like if I'm playing against goblins and I have an elf in play, he attacks, I block with elf, I crop rotate, get Pendlehaven, I save my creature, the goblin dies and I start slamming yeah, in. That's nasty. Against lands, I crop rotate for a wasteland, against dark depths, get a wasteland. It it, it does so much. The singleton crop rotation it's never bad it really is never bad what if you have no lands in play then it is horrible but i <laughs> guess if you have no lands in play i don't know what card is good yeah <laughs> so <laughs> um so yeah crop rotation just amazing it's like a tram card that's that's always always good and you can always use it mm -hmm. um oko i think we already covered this card's broken so yep. yeah it, it's it's an extra win condition and it uh it makes it so you can uh yeah, it's in one condition and you can get rid of artifacts or creatures that are horrible. And then we have Teferi. Um, yeah, very good. I was going to add um, to this question actually. Like, so is Teferi yeah. a card that's like, it's just a kind of meta card against control? Or is it a card that you would think about splashing for just for that? Or is like the white splash just for source splashes really? And then it'll. It um, to Teferi has caused the best card against control, definitely. That's why it's there. But it has a lot of um, other very good situations where it's. Uh, it's also excellent. Like uh, I also bring it in against, um, well, in the mirror against other infect decks. It's great because, well, they can't do their stuff mm -hmm. anymore. They just can't. They can't, they can't win unless they uh, go for it in the main phase. Um, and um, I find this to be true against a lot of other creature-based decks as well. For example, against Maverick, it's actually good. It's even good against Death and Taxes because they no longer can use their removal. Ah, yeah. So um, yeah, and and against some certain combo decks as well because if you have like. Um, uh, force of Will and you have Teferi in play, you know their combo isn't going to work. So Teferi is a card that is like weirdly good, but it is it is a card that I always... Against control decks, it's the first card to come in, but against other decks, it's the last card to come in. Because it's, it's, it's never bad, but it does cost three mana. So it's, it's a double-edged sword sometimes. So it's yeah. 
it's definitely there for the control matchups and it has use outside of this as well from time to time you don't want to clunk up on like the three mana spells as well in this deck exactly so, yeah exactly cool so next one we have Tom Decker, which you, I think you might have heard of him from your Belgian yeah, team. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> of course I've heard of yeah. him. Yeah, so um, good friend from Belgium. He asks, when are the infect community going to apologise for starting and spreading COVID? And then on a scale of zero to ten, how bored are they of getting that joke by now? Yeah, it's definitely the first time I've heard that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no pun intended, on a scale of 0 to 10. I love that one, although I guess he doesn't realize. <laughs> but, <laughs> on a scale up of, of but, 6 to 4? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I guess, as, as I say, a 6. Get it? Isn't it? Nice. Get it? I got it, I got it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> nice. We have Neville Shute asking a question. Um, he says, which berserk is the right berserk? <laughs> Depends. It depends how much of a dick you are, really. <laughs> let's go. Because let's go maximum because I think there's only one right yeah, answer. Maximum dick. Yeah. <laughs> Truth is, uh, it really depends on. And I'm not joking here. It, um, how much of a gentleman? Let me put like this: How you I are? See. Because b- berserk is. It's such an old card. Have you ever read the the initial wording on berserk? Because it's it's, it's so funny. Long. It's it's horrible. Maybe I, um, I'll, let me check. Let me read it to you mm. guys. Oh, yeah. oh, Go ahead. Guys. Okay. So the old wording of Berserk is as following. Until end of turn, target creature's current power doubles and it gains trample ability. If it attacks, target creature is destroyed at end of turn. This spell cannot be cast after current turn's attack is completed. I read that with a Russian dialect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is this is so so weird to 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 read, and it's so much text that it doesn't make any sense. And so, why is which berserk is the right berserk? If if you are a dick and you play <laughs> the old berserk and you just play berserk on your creature and your creature, um, well, your opponent may not know what he does, and you just let him read the card. And mm-hmm. I've had this happen where I want to explain my opponent what he does, but he just takes the card because he doesn't trust me, which is fine. Um, you should you should always. Um, check that everything is in order because uh, that's how you play tournaments but I'm like okay sure read read the card I'm not sure if it works for you so he blocks I attack with so I attack with an elf he blocks with um, a coattle and I'm like okay sure invigorate berserk I had used pendlehaven and he's like damage and I'm like yes <laughs> and he's like okay and I'm okay you're dead and he nice. takes the card again and he's like why because it says because it gains the trample ability it says on the card and this is what i mean it depends on how one yeah exactly this is what i mean with it depends how much of a dick you are because if you're a gentleman you play the new um artwork because there it is worded nicely if you're not then you play the old version but i have to note that i do play the old card myself so you're a dick (laughs) you're maximum dick yeah i guess so but it's just because i have the deck (laughs) yeah i have bought it in 2015 and uh yeah i don't really care about art all that much so i i just haven't bought the new ones the only thing i i love is altars don't care about foils or anything else really all that much well i have some bad news for you sam we have to revoke okay. your infect license because uh, really? Martin said this was a trick question, and the real answer is Alpha Berserk. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I guess that's that's fine because that's an old Berserk, right? So yeah. that uh, that's fine. Oh, we'll let him decide. We'll ask. We'll ask. Okay, him sure, sure. <laughs> How do you actually get your infect license in the first place? Yeah. Well, he was a biologist. That that's, that's where he got it. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, you you study biology. <laughs> yeah. At university, and then. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, moving on, we have. Uh, Ethan Ham from Twitter. So, what is the gain loss for being banned over blue green? So, I think we've covered this for the most part. So, source of plowshares improves your Delver matchup and snow and stuff. Do you think is that correct? Yeah. So, definitely, source of plowshares is the, the the biggest gain. That's definitely one hell of a card. It really improves everything. 
Um, then, but but what I didn't discuss yet is I also played two Rest in Peace. Oh yes, yeah. Um, which is, I actually started playing one Rest in Peace because of course you want to deal with graveyard decks. But I found Rest in Peace to be secretly amazingly good against Rugdelva. So I now bring them both in against Rugdelva. Right, because their threats are like uh, Dreadful Darkness, Tarmogoyf, yeah. Fitting Mandrills. Exactly. Yeah. If you if you resolve Rest in Peace. They have nothing. They have Delvers and they have the Okos. Everything else is just useless. So, do you think so, you'd play Rest in Peace if, like, if it, if uh, Rug Delver didn't rely on Graveyard as much? If like the Delver deck didn't rely on the Graveyards, would you still play no. Rest in Peace as a Graveyard Hoser, or do you like move to Surgical or Grafdigger's Cage or something? I definitely play one of them mm-hmm. uh, because it's the best thing against Dredge and Hogak. Yeah. Because it it does get rid of the Graveyard forever, which is in the Simic list you have um, Bog. And surgical, but that's Hogak really doesn't care about that those cards all that much. They just refuel the graveyard so quickly that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so sense. I do think that rest in peace is just a strict upgrade from your usual uh, graveyard hate. Okay. Uh, and then we have Teferi, which we already covered, so yeah. that's the, the best gain. Um, the the big upside from Simic Infect is it's most consistent, of course, because. Uh, if if we have one big downside of infect is that you you trade um, consistency for power level. So I think infect has a very high power level, but it, you because you have such a high power level, you have fewer consistency, or it's it's not as good as for example Delva is much it's less powerful I'd say, which mm-hmm. means le- less explosive, but it's definitely consistent. Absolutely. Do, do, does uh, the mana come up for much? Like, obviously, going banned to an extra color with Inkmoth Nexus in the deck does hurt. Not, but probably not, not as bad. all that much, but it does happen from time to time. But of course, you play four Noble Hierarchs as well, yeah. which can give give you white mana. I don't think I'd ever splash a different color. In effect, well, I'll be honest, I've tried. <laughs> of course, I've tried, um, but it doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> um, white is the only one that you can consistently splash, and. Um, yeah, occasionally you will have trouble with this, but uh, it's worth it. It, it hasn't come up all that much. It's definitely worth yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Nice. He Ethan also asked, "Do you have a deck you sometimes play when you're not playing Infect? Let's say currently, is there any like pet decks, especially you're playing?" Um, it depends. Uh, on tournaments, I always play Infect, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we're playing with friends or online, I do play other stuff from time to time. Um, I actually enjoy playing Miracles from time to time because, um, yeah, it's so different from Infect that it, it's fun to do um, and I also have Zenith Oko I do enjoy that deck because I, um, I've i been playing Infect for so long though, that I've been searching for decks that I can play that are that do different things and Miracles is completely different Different, and I play Zenith Oko to actually I had been considering about playing this in a tournament mm. because I want to be able to go Tropical into Noble turn one <laughs> That's your thing. and have people <laughs> thinking I'm playing Infect okay. and then just do completely different things Save their removal uh, spell, and then you're like, ha, yeah. I really needed this noble to live. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I can tell you one thing. Once people start knowing what you're playing, and you play a different deck, uh-huh. the look on people's faces is hilarious. I once had a situation where I was playing Miracles. Uh, so I, uh, my opponent's on the play, and he just plays like, uh, I don't know what he played again, but he was on four color control, and he just kept the hand full of removal. And I was like, yeah, turn one, Astrolabe. Nice. He, he just looked mm-hmm. at me and he said, what are you doing? Nice. And even You're doing said, it okay, wrong. Looks, yeah, exactly. And he was like, this looks like a spice build. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Depend, yeah, define spice. <laughs> I used to play so much Miracles at my local game store and then yeah. developed a love for Tin Fins. So like took everyone mm-hmm. surprised by that. No turn yeah. one top. It was just turn one Grizzlebrand. Yeah. So. <laughs> works. Works too. It. 
Cool. So we have a question from Marcus, aka I would like to respond, Mr. Blue. He says, how do you approach the slow oh, yeah, blue decks? And what do you cut for cyborg games? And he finishes it with, I have tried everything from my perspective and I never win against you. So how does he beat you? Is that true? I'm, I'm sure he has won yeah. a couple of games as well. Um, depends on what he means with the slow blue decks. Is it mono blue? or well, he, pro he probably means like more pure The Marcus miracles. kind of deck. Yeah, he probably doesn't play snow, but like, like mm. uh, standstill decks now. Um, Blue-white control decks, but like more pure. Yeah. Um, so as I said before, if you if you um, if you go play against the the slower blue decks, you try to you get rid of the the straight in combo game plan, and you try to have a more control shell yourself. You bring in uh, Oko, you bring in Teferi, you have a Sylvan Library, you bring in your Veil of Summers, your Fluster Storms. So you just try to grind them out, mm -hmm. and what they have to do is, and this is difficult for the control decks, they have to manage your infect game plan because. Yeah, it's still a winning condition. If they ignore it, they just die with Infect. But they also have to deal with your Okos. They also have to deal with your Sylvan Library, also with your Teferi. So you split the way you can win. And this is so difficult for these decks because they generally have one way they have to uh, address their opponent, usually creatures or Planeswalkers or something like this. But if we split all of these things, it becomes very difficult for them to actually um, do this correctly. Where if if best thing I can do is just turn to Sylvan Library, and sometimes, depending on my hand, I actually want them to counter this, because I might have Elf, Invigorate Berserk in mm -hmm. hand, and they fight over this Sylvan Library, and I sometimes I even pretend to care, like I daze, <laughs> they force again, and I'm like, okay, perfect, I don't need this. Next turn, he's dead, right? <laughs> so we can just, depending on your hand, you can just you yeah. you try to bait out their their relevant stuff, and then win the game in how a, in you, a different How you direction. want, or how your li hand lines up and stuff. Exactly, yeah. and sometimes I have the other way where I just start with a turn one elf. Um, he goes for Saucer Plowshares, I daze, he forces, and I pretend to care about this, mm -hmm. but I don't. Next turn I just resolve an Oko yeah. or a Teferi, and then it's another another issue. So try to divide the, the, the win conditions. So what do you cut against control generally? I know it'll like change from different control decks, but generally like, um, I would guess some pump spells and dazes and stuff. Definitely daze, yeah. that's bad. Um, Usually all four of them, but that depends a bit if I'm on the player on the draw. Um, Maybe how they played I don't like as Berserk. well before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't like Berserks either mm -hmm. because that's straight in combo. So I, I usually cut double Berserk. Um, if they if they have Quetels, I leave in one usually. Okay. Um, but it also depends on how aggressive my opponent is. But in general, so the Dazes and the Berserks are the, four, the first cards I look at. Um, and then it's... It depends on how many cards you bring in, of course, but then you you have options. Um, I don't like Wasteland against control decks because, well, mm -hmm. they, they have basics, so that's the other card that I'm looking at immediately. And this is what I always do, right? Um, the cards that I first look at are Days, um, Wasteland, and Berserks. But it does depend on the list of my opponents, the play style. But it'll um, make sense, yeah. yeah. And then you bring in your Great Sable Stags, your... Um, Animation modules and Nissas. Exactly. And All my jank and I win <laughs> the game. Flux channelers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nice. Uh, another question, getting towards the end here. Reaple Cheap from Twitter asks, what are the advantages of combo Delver, so infected ninjas, over good stuff Delver, Rug, Blue Red, and Grixis? So I think we kind of touched on this as well. Like, so yeah. you have this combo potential, you're better against other combo decks, I guess, but less mm -hmm. consistent. Does that sound right? Yeah, exactly. I said this before. Mm -hmm. um, the good stuff Delver, it's good stuff. So what you have is you have. Um, uh, a ton of good cards 
and you play the best cards and it's consistent. So you have consistency where Infect chooses to go for more power level. So Infect has a higher power level, but it has a reduced consistency because of course your cards depend on, on, on each other, where in Delver every card is good on its own. Don't know if that's true for ninjas, um, not experienced with that deck, but it's definitely true for Infect. Makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, I think they do play uh, fairly similarly. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I've never played ninjas before, so okay. Cool. That is roughly at the end. We um, some of the listeners, if you didn't hear your specific question being asked, I think we hope it's because we covered it in the previous um, parts of the podcast. So hopefully, it's everything answered. I think we covered most things because in our yeah. general thing, we got over it. I think we got through most of it. So yeah. Um, I guess the best way to, to get more information about the deck is just to like watch you play and, and get some idea of how you sideboard because there's probably like no value in going over specific sideboarding right here, right now. But mm -hmm. watching your stream is definitely an experience. And by that, like I mean that in the most positive of ways because I guess <laughs> that actually sounded like weird. Definitely an experience. <laughs> I watched Sam's stream once and now I'm really feeling really ill. <laughs> that's fine go accomplished <laughs> no no that's yeah if you want to find out more about sideboarding definitely in my stream i have more time to of course uh, talk about every single detail so yeah I, I i will be able to talk more in detail there that's amazing can, can you mention your twitch again of course it's just uh, twitch.com and then the fenris cloud that that's actually a question we, we received earlier or, or rather like through a discord from our uh, friend ron k on twitter actually i see yeah where is that coming from because to me it sounds like it, it's some kind of biology concept that's like the oh, famous yeah, cloud yeah. inside the not plant at all. Inside <laughs> the cell. you couldn't be further off really <laughs> it's funny because i had this question before so um i'm a huge gamer i'm a very huge gamer fan um and uh, especially old school rpgs i started when i started uh, gaming a lot it was final fantasy that's that was my favorite series in the past, and especially Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy IX. For me, probably two of the best games ever. And um, I was looking, at a certain point, I was looking to find a name that I could use in every single video game. So I wanted something that wasn't always picked already, right? Where in the past you usually had Killer to take one 2K. name. Yeah, something like this, something like this. <laughs> And it, it, like, what I really love is uh, in Final Fantasy VII, you had the main character, which was called Cloud Strife. Uh, and I was such a big fan of that character. I really loved it. And you could also summon like certain gods or um, something like this. And one, one of the, my favorites was uh, Fenrir. It's one of the Norse mythology gods, uh, the wolf. I really do love that character as well. Um, and uh, I decided, what if I just combine these two? So Fenrir and you have Cloud. And that I didn't want to call it Fenrir Cloud because I don't know why I just felt it was you know, didn't didn't fit for me, and then I made it into Fenris Cloud to make it sound more more nicely. And I knew that this was definitely never going to be picked in a video game. <laughs> and every single video game that I play now, and I have to choose a name, it's always been Fenris Cloud, and I just kept it that way. That's oh, smart. Okay, that that's cool. That's cool. I by the way, I loved Final Fantasy VII as well. That was my it's first amazing. Final did Fantasy you play, VII. Did you play the remake? Not yet. I got it actually right behind me. I got it from my best friend who just played through it. Nice. Um, I've heard and seen stuff about it. Did you play the remake? I did, of course. Of, uh, course. of course, of course. I Well, I guess we, we, we can't really spoil anything there, but I was surprised no. about one major change they made. I guess that's as deep as we can go into it. Yeah. <laughs> I, in general, I really did love the game. I think it's an awesome remake. Some of the, the choices they made, yeah, I don't know if I agree with it, 
but I did in general amazing game if you ask me oh definitely I'm actually much more uh, not much more like I'm really happy that I made this game especially in this kind of quality I'm yeah. super intrigued by that like uh, it's so weird to talk about this so maybe I'm just gonna cut this short but there's one major thing that happens in the later part of Final Fantasy 7 which is like a historic moment in video gaming and now seeing mm. that they made some changes i wonder if they're gonna change that as well so if you played final fantasy 7 you probably know what i'm talking about like one of the core moments of of the deck i was gonna say of the game so yeah i guess we'll, we'll have to wait a couple of years to see that but i'm looking forward to that and yeah, yeah me too definitely definitely that that's it for us today pretty much today so if you want to find more about our podcast uh you can see it uh, on twitter at eternal mtg uh we can find our friend fenris cloud on but i guess your your twitter is also going to be at fenris cloud yep. uh, yeah so i'm guessing if you want to find caleb <laughs> and me uh my twitter is it's julian 23 and caleb is yours white faces or white faces mtg that is a good question. I should know that. I? <laughs> How do you not know? Uh, let me look it up quickly. Uh, it's uh, twitch.tv slash whitefaces. No, no MTG. Yeah. Uh, uh, and your Twitter is whitefacesmtg. Yes. That one was, that was taken. So very rude person. There we go. This is just professional broadcasting out everything. Yeah. Nice. Very, very much. I guess you, you rarely ever attack yourself. Yeah. 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 That, that's true. Let's go so, with that. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Thanks for everyone in the Discord submitting all these amazing questions. Seriously, like this is the most feedback we've ever gotten on anything. So yeah, <laughs> definitely feel feel honored, Sam. That people, I hope we we were able to provide what people wanted to see tonight or hear tonight. And if you wanna suggest future episodes, this one was a great one. Like really, really enjoyed this one. If you wanna suggest future guests, episode topics, anything really, uh, positive feedback, negative feedback, anything as long as it's constructive, I guess, hit us up in our Discord, hit us up on Twitter at EternalMTG. If you want to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash everydayeternal to become one of our supporters. And then depending on the tier, there's different perks. Um, one, one of our top perks are the Eternal Witness tier or the Grizzlebrand tier, uh, where we have our supporters, Matt Nams, Valerio, James Slack, Victor Van Hans, Trent Browse. Oh, it's an ever-growing family. And on the Grizzlebrand tier, Vachibat, Scott Monroe, Kudush Ali Stay, Jeremy Gates, Martin Nielsen, and as of this week, Eugene Freeman. So thank you so much. You're helping out a lot of the production of the show. And with that, I think I'm gonna... Oh, it's half past midnight already, so... Okay, who am I yeah. lying to? I'm, I'm not gonna go to bed. I'm probably gonna play another round of... Maybe even Infect or Elves. I, I, I will need to that would figure be nice. it out. <laughs> any case thank you so much for having me i had tons of fun uh, and i yeah, i hope that i uh, was able to help you with all of your infect questions so uh, thanks for having me guys that's amazing. why we invited our biologist yeah <laughs> great that's great thanks. goodbye everyone Bye -bye. yeah see you guys